Welcome to the Compliance Expert Radio Show, your source for the latest information on corporate governance, internal audit, stocks and risk management services. With in-depth interviews, discussions and insights from leading experts. Hosted by Sonia Luna, CEO and founder of Aviva Spectrum. This is the Compliance Expert Radio Show. And now, here is your host, Sonia Luna. Hi, I'm Sonia Luna, CEO of Aviva Spectrum, a financial transformation and compliance consulting firm headquartered in sunny Los Angeles, California. I'm also a speaker and writer on topics like financial close transformation, COSO, ERM, internal audit, and accounting-related topics. My guest today, which I'm very excited, is the president of QuickFee, Kyle Redding. Kyle is among us. He is a CPA, and he's the president of QuickFee, which I've already mentioned, but he started his career with one of my old firms, EY, working in both the U.S. and Australia, and then he transitioned into the early stages of QuickFee Australia. And this is amazing what he did. He he was able to grow the business from 50 to 700 firms, including 70% of the top 100 accounting firms in Australia. And, yes, that did include the big four. Kyle moved back home to Cali, right, in sunny California, to establish QuickFee USA and quickly gain notoriety by being published in Accounting Today, Accounting Web, and CPA Practice Advisors. QuickFee was recently recognized by Accounting Today as one of the 2017 top products for their unique payment portal that offers clients of professional service firms a fee financing option, which is very unique, and it coincides directly alongside ACH payment and credit card payments. Welcome, Kyle. Thank you, Sonia. Um, Excellent uh, introduction. I appreciate that. I'm happy to be here. I've been looking forward to it all week. That's right. We've been excited as well on our end about this interview because we have a lot of compliance professionals that listen to the show and they download it. We've seen like well over 40,000 archive listens. And here's what I think they're going to take away, which is very important. It's going to be important tips on how to advise CEOs of both the upcoming lending compliance changes, but more importantly, like what is it that we need to really evaluate how to calculate what's the best lending fit for an organization? And Kyle, I know you've researched this commercial lending field for well over a decade now. Okay, Can you share with our listeners what mega trends have you seen in the commercial lending space? Yeah, thanks, Sonia. I think what we're going to see in the next, you know, six to 12 months and possibly, you know, just beyond that uh, here in the U.S. is a massive massive shift in technology. We're starting to see it already on the consumer lending side where you have, you know, easier loan origination. It's all paperless. Um, On the business side, you're going to start seeing, you know, as businesses shift uh, into the cloud, Banks are going to be able to sync that information and get real-time underwriting data directly from their accounting so- software. Um, you know, this is going to flow through to fraud prevention and detection uh, from the lender's side. Um, and I think you'll also see 
some international credit reporting uh, creep into to the U.S. Uh, you know, with globalization and, and you know, Equifax just bought Australia's largest, pretty much they have a monopoly um, credit reporting agency called Vita. They just um, Equifax just bought them, so I think you'll see some of Vita's technology start flowing through over to the U.S. as well, as well which will make a significant difference for international company, companies as they come into the U.S. Um, anyone who's spent time in, you know, overseas who is now back in the U.S. setting up a business or doing business, um, you'll you'll definitely see a lot of um, a lot of this stuff coming through to the commercial lending space, which should make things easier. Um, much faster and a lot better, you know, from the the borrower's experience and the bank's experience. Right. So it sounds like technology, but it, but it, when you take that category of mega trends of technology, it's it you know the process of getting that loan started all the way from starting probably all the way to finish. Uh, in addition, cloud services, maybe even servicing that loan, <clears throat> is going to be in the cloud now. And then there's international markets that are impacting the lending compliance space. Um, And and we've seen it sometimes with our clients where they have multi-locations and the financing or the banking relationship, I should say, seems to be sporadic, right? It's, it's, It's a pop over here. It's a pop over there. It's a pop over here. But you're like, well, wait a minute. What is it about the security of that? loan, right, that makes mm-hmm. it so risky just because it's in a different country when the main corporate office, the thought leaders are really, there's a hub of where they're at, and the business model is, is going to be executed similarly, right, to that location internationally. And then I'm sure some international folks also have ups and downs, like, you know, Greece has some issues, Spain has issues, mm-hmm. et cetera. And so they want to ratchet down on their regulations. And it doesn't mean that their regulations are better or worse than ours. It's that lending relationship. I think uh, we are starting Mm -hmm. to see that the impact at the international level, sometimes the banking, the banks are starting to look at what's happening internationally and saying, hey, that's a pretty good idea, that that particular item. You know, why aren't we adopting it? it? You know, the federal government hasn't imposed it on us, but that's actually a really good idea for Foreign Corrupts Practices Act or to catch it, et cetera. So there is an, inter- I'll call it international compliance creep, if you will, <laughs> coming yeah, in, which exactly. is amazing. I'm, I'm glad that, that, yeah, and I didn't know that fact about Equifax because it's a huge uh, player in, in the U.S. I mean, uh, folks mm-hmm. that go through just the general lending process know the top three, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and Equifax exactly. happens to be one of them. Now, I wanted to get into being a true advisor. We, we have a lot of compliance professionals out on our uh, radio show that, that download. And, you know, one key aspect of being a good CPA, internal auditor, um, CFA, et cetera, is you give good advice, or at least you you ask, you give enough questions to that key executive where they pause, right? They think, they go, huh, I hadn't thought about it that way. What can you tell us, you know, what advice would you give to compliance professionals to make a better impact when they are advising the clients on financing options? Yeah, yeah. it's a good good point you made about asking the right questions. I think that is probably the most important thing. Um, understanding the needs and the objective for their clients obtaining that financing. 
it, it's not always the best idea. This, you know, this might sound crazy, but but just shopping for the lowest interest rate isn't necessarily the best way of, of going about this. Um, you got to look at the opportunity costs. What's what's the what are the demands of getting this money now versus do I have time to wait and and find a lower um, lower amount or lower cost of capital somewhere else? Doing doing their research and understanding what um, platforms are out there to to draw in the right financing or, or who see who has the appetite for this particular client's need. There's a there's a group out out there called Biz Two Credit B I Z Two Credit, um, and they've got they've got this platform that allows you know um, a broker or a CPA firm or someone like that to to plug in mm-hmm. and put in sort of the the key terms of what their client's looking for and pull from you know instead of the CPA having their four um, referral sources at four different banks locally. This allows them to plug into, you know, maybe up to 2,000 lenders around the country. Um, so you might be able to find the best, you know, deal that way. So it's more than just finding the lowest rate. It's understanding the needs of that client and what they want to do with the money and what their plan is, um, you know, off the back of getting that money, using it for what they need, and, and moving on. Amazing. Yeah, no, that's I hadn't thought about the cost of – capital and then that other question of now versus wait meaning um <clears throat> is the business uh sufficient to to run itself let's say that you can wait a little bit longer or you know if it's uh, equipment purchases etc that now versus wait there, there is a model um to to ask uh the CEO about what is it that they're calculating in terms of cost of capital and then also waiting uh, versus absolutely taking the first deal that comes through. And then I had never heard of Biz2 uh, Credit before. Um, and if anything, it's kind of a sanity check, right, like a benchmarking, um, if you will, for an advisor. It could be a compliance person or CPA firm, et cetera, that has a better pool to say, hey, this is what the market is starting to bear with these variables. Um, and it makes them talk to a, uh, their clients um, and sometimes for internal auditors, the auditee, uh, in a way where they're saying, hey, we've already entered into this agreement because usually they invite the uh, internal auditors you know, last to the party, right? The CEO already executed mm-hmm. the agreement. But <laughs> it's a good way for them to find out if there was actually maybe a better deal out there um, and, and to double-check or benchmark out there. Yeah, or even a um, lender that, get that it? fits. Oh, sorry, Sonia. No, go ahead. Or a lender that fits. I was just going to say a letter, a lender that fits their profile better. You know, the the borrower. It's one one thing to also consider. Sort of before going into the next question, maybe I save this, but but just finding the right lender as well. Yeah, because it does sometimes come up to to relationships, right? Because some lenders exactly. are um, a little bit more flexible to increase those those borrowing. Uh, limits mm-hmm. and or or ease you know the compliance restrictions um, on them. Uh, so you're right. It, it 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 may not be the lowest rate and lower let's say origination cost, but then you're looking at the total package of increasing borrowing, um, the relationship compliance cost down the road, et cetera. Um, now I wanted to get into considerations that. Uh, we should think through, okay? So what considerations should organizations evaluate when they are choosing a financing option? 
Yeah, this obviously this you know this this is sort of the crux of of putting the deal together. Um, going back to the, the previous question, you know, understanding the needs of of this particular borrower, what are they trying to do and get out of getting this money? Uh, interest rate is obviously going to have a, a big big play on on what deal is gonna gonna be done. Are there covenants that they've got to um, keep to? Are there any sort of prepayment penalties or um, would they be allowed to structure something where they can pay it out early after a bit of success with, with obtaining this financing? Um, an, another one that, that comes up a lot is, is whether or not this company is going to have to give a personal guarantee or any of the directors have to give a personal guarantee, um, you know, cause that can always be uh, a little dangerous. Um, you know, so a, a lot of companies will try and get, steer away from that. And if they're a new company, they might not be able to, but if they have some track record and they've got a bit of history, um, then they should be able to get away without that. Um, they definitely understand the lender. What type of um, lending does this, you know, business typically do? Where do they, where does, where does this borrower fit in their portfolio? If they're a little bit outside what this lender typically does, then they're probably not going to get the best because, you know, it's higher risk for that lender. Uh, and then also, what's the reputation of this lender? Do you know anyone who who's borrowed from them? Do you know what what they specialize in? Does it does it suit what you guys are looking for? So um, those are those are some sort of non you know papered uh, considerations, I guess, that sort of outside the box. Some of them, uh, and then some of them, like interest rate, personal guarantees, are probably things that their lawyers are going to be looking at straight away. Mm-hmm. I, and I love the fact that you brought up the portfolio fit of that lender because if if you are that outlier in their portfolio, it, it's almost a, a good way to pause for that executive and that advisor because it might be that banking rep really just wants to close the deal, right? And, mm-hmm. and that's their <laughs> – that's their pressure point for whether that's a commission bonus, et cetera, performance evaluation. But the reality is to you, the consumer, um, you're that high risk thing, an outlier to that entire portfolio for that lender. And there are going to be higher restrictions. There are going to be uh, additional scrutinies because you don't fit the basic model that they're so used to catering. And um, I recently came, exact, I, I came across a, a, a an event, uh, and it was a fraud event, but it, it catered to dentists, and they all said the same thing. Most of them, it, it, when they had to get certain lending done, the traditional banks, <clears throat> only one of the big brand names actually had a division solely for dentists, and their number one concern was they didn't want to be those outliers because it's a different business model. The ramp-up rate is different, and they, they wanted a track record of a lender that really understood the dentistry stuff. And I was amazed at how smart even, <laughs> most most doctors uh, that I know that are in the medical field are really not that uh, savvy with uh, numbers, but they got it. They got that, you know, to a lender, that relationship. They didn't want to be the outlier in the portfolio and to lower the risk and get the true best rate um, and also terms because that 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 division really understood the business model. They they got it. Correct. Um, Correct. And I wanted to talk about metrics since we're talking about numbers and things and portfolios outliers. 
what are the metrics that most organizations seem to miss, okay, when they are mm-hmm. choosing a financing option? Yep. So there's, there's probably, uh, I guess at the core, um, there's the three C's of credit, character, capital, and capacity. And that's what the lenders, that's the sort of their core of, of what a good deal is for them. Um, so not a lot of borrowers know that those are the three sort of metrics that everything else sort of fits into. You know, character is going to be any references that you have or, or your credit score, capital, you know, are you, are, are you providing any collateral? Or are they making you require collateral for, for, this, um, for this deal? And then do you have the capacity to, to make the payments back and, and pay off the loan? And they'll get that information from, your, you know, your financials or your bank statements, that sort of thing. Um, and in between those lines, you know, that there's, there, there might be metrics built into the loan agreement that, that could easily be missed. Like, you know, the, the, the lender could, could put in a, a call on all the outstanding balance, including the interest at any given time, which is something that borrowers need to be aware of. Um, you know, because that could put someone in a really bad situation and they might not have the, the capacity to pay that entire outstanding amount at that given time. Um, you know, another thing to really consider is what is the definition of default? Does that mean you, you, you missed a payment and you're allowed to make it up within that month? Does it mean um, you missed a payment and now they can call the entire outstanding balance? So understanding the, what the definition of default is and any sub-definition under, underneath that. Um, you know, another thing that, that can be worked into a, a deal sometimes is the release of any cl- collateral that, that you put up to, to get the loan. Uh, you know, you might have to put up, um, you know, some, some, some real estate and, you know, maybe provided you make the first um, year's payments or however long the deal goes for, maybe you can get that collateral back after some good repayment history. Uh, and then, you know, another thing to understand, it goes back to knowing the lender, is if you're a good borrower and let's say you didn't get the best deal on day one because, you know, maybe you're outside their, their typical lending activity and they've, they've done a special deal for you. Um, if you're a good borrower, they'd be, you know, these lenders want to lend money. That's, they're in business to lend money and, and make money on the interest, right? So if you're a good borrower, they're going to extend you another deal, whether it's refinancing that deal for better terms or doing another deal off the back of that. So, you know, those are some, some metrics that, that probably are a little bit outside the box that, that, you know, companies should be aware of or owners of businesses should be aware of that they they might be able to work into that particular deal. And, and I, I agree with you because maybe you're not at that maturity level. You're at the three-year business mark, uh, maybe five, but haven't ramped up as much. And really at year seven, you're really, you know, working on, on all full pistons, so to speak. And I, I love the fact that you broke down into those three C's of character, capital, and capacity. And, you know, that's the borrower's thinking through through those items. And, you know, as far as the references and credit score, you know, the credit score is kind of out of your control um, for, the, mm-hmm. for the most part, uh, assuming that, you know, I, I don't even know that many businesses that check it, to be very frank. But the, the capital on the collateral piece, it's like, okay, you know what, 
we're starting a business relationship. You want a piece of uh, collateral. Um, if I'm good at, at after the first year or two, um, I want that back. I want that off the table for negotiations because now I've proven my worth in terms of pre, you know paying that um, uh, the the t- to the loan terms, et cetera, and also the cost of removing it because sometimes that banking relationship. Um, uh, you know, some some banks are easier to work with to remove that capital because sometimes it's a, a totally different department, but mm-hmm. that department is used to it or they've seen it often enough or they know the terms and conditions of what, what would uh, make that happen. And so you as the, the consumer, the customer, should, when you're checking references, it's almost like the advisor should tell the executive, right, hey, when you do check the banking references, ask, make sure you, you get a reference that actually had to remove uh, the, one of their collaterals. That would be an awesome mm-hmm. reference, right? Yeah, exactly. And then you hear it firsthand how, how easy or how hard it was for that reference, that banking reference they gave you, to get that back because it, it speaks volumes, right? Because mm-hmm. if, if they can't give you one that says, well, wait a minute, why can't you give me one reference that you actually removed the collateral if, if it was a positive banking relationship, right? So, yep. <clears throat> so that would be kind of an interesting uh, little test there. Well, mm-hmm. Kyle, I know okay. we're wrapping up this interview, and I just want to say how confident I am our listeners gain phenomenal insight on, on what to measure when advising you know, their clients on their financing options. So thank you, Kyle, for coming on our radio show. No worries, Sonia. Thanks for having us. Um, This was great. I enjoyed chatting with you. And, and yeah, I hope people do take away a little bit something uh, from from this conversation. Um, You know, pulling from experience in Australia where where banking is definitely way ahead of of where it is in the United States, um, you know, I hope I added a little value to, to, or, or at least some extra insights to the listeners. You absolutely did. And where can they find you? What's a good place to find you? Well, we've got a little bio up on our website at, at quickv.com. Um, I think you guys are showing a little picture. Um, but, but we're based in Santa Monica. Um, we work with CPA firms and, and law firms, and, and um, you know we're usually bouncing around all over the country to different CPA conferences and legal conferences, trying to meet as many firms as we can. Um, but, yeah, anyone wants to reach out, I'd, I'd love to chat with, with, with them. Awesome. Well, this is Sonia Luna, CEO and founder of Aviva Spectrum, signing off. <laughs>